Bread Isle, are you ready to rock? Dave's Killer Bread is the country's number one organic bread for a reason. Always delivering killer taste, killer texture, and killer nutrition. This isn't bread. This is bread amplified. This is the Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheiman. Brought to you by Inns Group Insurance. Inns Group is insuring success. From the Gal Media Studios, here's Greg Scheinman. Hello, everybody. Greg Scheinman here with episode number 98 of the Midlife Mail. With the Midlife Mail podcast, my mission is to help men navigate middle age to achieve a better quality of life. Each week, I get to share the stories of inspiring men that reveal our humanity and inspire action. If you are listening right now, been listening for a while, or are new to the show, welcome and thank you. I am super, super grateful. It would mean a lot to me if you would subscribe to the pod and newsletter. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate and review us on iTunes and follow me on Instagram at Greg Scheinman. This stuff really helps to move us up the charts and increase our following, keep the midwife mail movement growing. Thanks again. All right, I got Greg Roulette on the show today. Greg is an Emmy award-winning producer, best-selling author, and media expert. He is the founder of Ambitious.com, a leading online education platform for entrepreneurs, and is the host of the online TV show, The Ambitious Life. Greg has also hosted numerous TV shows, including the reality show Ambitious Adventures, where he traveled the country in search of today's best young entrepreneurs, making a significant impact in their community. He is a husband. He is a father. He is the host, co-host of the Dad Chat podcast, which I was recently on, and it was a blast. We had a lot of fun chopping it up on a variety of topics. We could go back and forth and back and forth. And as a matter of fact, that is why he is here today. Get a chance to have him on the Midlife Mail podcast. He is returning the favor. I am grateful. It is awesome to have him here. Mr. Greg Roulette on the Midlife Mail podcast. Greg Roulette, thanks for joining me today. Dude, it is awesome, man. And uh, makes it easy when the host and the guests are both Greg, right? It's just the Greg show. Ab- absolutely. Producer, podcaster, ambitious planner, Emmy winner, uh, father, dad chatter. I mean, it just keeps going with you, right? Well, you know, I, uh, about five, six years ago, we bought ambitious.com. And so the the blessing and the curse of that is that I have to live up to the name sometimes. So we have to continue to like do the next ambitious project. And, you know, I can't be the slacker who just, you know, binge watches Netflix. Like I have to do stuff all the time. So it's a blessing and it's a curse at the same time. No, no doubt. Well, I'm going to jump right to it then. Cause that was one of the questions I had was, you know, what, what does ambition mean to you? You know, and why is it so interesting a topic that you cover? You know, what I found is I, when I first started doing online marketing, when I first started building my media company, I was really focused on millennials, on younger people. And I just noticed that so many of them, you know, kind of, they graduated college, they got their first job. And they kind of gave up on life. And if you can remember, uh, for some of you guys, it might be just a couple years ago. For some, it might be 20 years ago that, you know, when you were in high school and college, 
you were going to school five days a week. You probably had a part-time job. You were out on the scene. Maybe you were dating. You were going to the bar, the club. You were playing sports. You were doing intramurals. You were on the team. You, you, you had 20,000 things going on at all times. And then you graduate college and you get your first day job and you work from nine to five and you have dinner at 530 and you turn the TV on at 630 and then you go to sleep and then you do it again. And I just saw this pattern emerging from so many people who had a great life health, fitness, social connection, all these different things that they'd now kind of given up on those dreams once they had, you know, become an adult, if you will. And I I wanted to help and show people that your life isn't over just because those days were over. And so I I had this mission to just help people to dream again, to have these big dreams, these big goals, these ambitions for their life, that life isn't over just because you have a job or because you started a business. And now as that has evolved over the last, you know, 20 years, now it's to, you know, my, my big mission is to dads telling them that life isn't over just because you have a kid, you know, you still need to take care of yourself. You still need to push for your dreams. Like, what do you want from life? Because you have a mini me, right? A small version of you who is looking up to you at, at all times. And if, you know, they see you on the couch doing nothing, drinking that beer after work, and you have no no ambition for anything in life, well, they're going to follow you. And so that's kind of my ambition is just seeing people out there who, you know, they're lifeless. It's that, that quote of, you know, most people live till they're whatever it is, 70 or 80, but they really die when they're 25. I don't want that to happen to people because life is incredible. You just need to get off your butt and, and do something about it. Yeah. It's, it's such a great point. And this comes up at various stages. You know, you're, you're a young dad, you know, young children, right? Yes. Yep. Seven, uh, five and one. Okay. So you're like right in, in the thick of that. You know, we talked the other day on dad chat, my boys are 16 and 13, but exactly what you're talking about. And even what, what, what I'm talking about with the, with the midlife male, this thing, this happens, this thing, whatever it is, it happens at all different stages of our lives, you know, as mad together. And you even wrote about it in, in kind of how to get your mojo, you know, back a little bit. You know, we talk a lot here about avoiding the midlife crisis, you know, and you're talking about also getting into your first job, your routine, young kids, but it really isn't, it really isn't any different, right? It's not. And it can happen, you know, really quickly and really easily once we get into a comfort zone. Right. So once we get comfortable in any part of our life and we go on cruise control or we start coasting again, that could be first job, that could be first kid. And, you know, for some people, like that's just survival mode. Like my third right now, uh, we just hired a sleep coach because he doesn't, you know, he wakes up three, four times a night. So my wife and I haven't had a good night's sleep in 18 months. And at some point, you know, well, will morning workouts stop? You know, I'm not waking up at five to go to the gym. I just went to sleep at four, you know, uh, really easy to, you know, eat quick when you have two kids going to baseball practice at two different fields, you're leaving the office at four o'clock to get them to the field at five to get to the next practice at six. And all of a sudden you're at McDonald's or Chick-fil-A. Like there's so many moments in life and it doesn't have to be a midlife crisis. It doesn't have to be a divorce. It doesn't have to be a tragedy that gets us into this comfort zone. And then all of a sudden we wake up three months, six months, three years, six years. And we're like, oh shit, like we need to do something. We need to do something now. Totally. What do you do to get your mojo back? You know, if you're, you're missing it a little bit, you know, you've gotten into this rut, you, you've let yourself go a little bit. You, you, you wake up, you know, those months later and you're like, wait a minute, what do you recommend? Yeah. the, The first thing that I do is I look at my environment 
That could be my work environment. That could be the home environment. But I think more so it's the people that you surround yourself with and being more proactive about surrounding yourself with people who, you know, you either want to emulate or you like their habits or you like their routines. I know that when I'm stuck in a rut, I'm probably not spending enough time around people who are trying to grow their business, people who are trying to be healthy, people who are trying to do things in their life. And so the first thing that I do is an environment shift. I, you know, I go through my phone. I'm like, who can I have coffee with this week? Who, who is just super exciting and doing big things in their business, in their life, with their health, with their family? Who can I just talk to? Is it, uh, is it a friend? Is it uh, an, a fellow entrepreneur? Is it, you know, somebody from the fitness side? Is it a pastor? Is it like, who is it that I can get around to change the people that I'm around so that I can catch some of their vibe? And I think to me, that's one of the biggest things I know that as soon as I get into that rut, that comfort zone, I look at my schedule over the past like, 30 days, let's call it. And I'll say, man, I've just been going to the office. I've been hanging out by myself. I haven't been surrounding myself with anybody with positive energy. And that's that's a quick reason, a, a quick uh, culprit, if you will, to why I'm in that rut in the first place. So the first thing for me is change environment. So if it's work, like I do a lot of creative writing, a lot of video work, a lot of media. And if I'm in a rut and I'm staring at a blank screen, the first thing I do is move locations, change environment, leave the sterile office, go to the coffee shop, go sit outside. I, uh, luckily, I live in beautiful Florida and you know it's 90 degrees pretty much every day of the year. So I can go sit outside somewhere, sweat it out with a cold brew and, and I can write somewhere. And so changing that environment, physical location, and the people that you're around, that is the number one thing I believe that you can do. That's a quick fix, right? That's not going to a self, that's not going to a Tony Robbins seven-day seminar. That's not buying a course online. That's not, it's something that you could do like this afternoon. Who can I go have coffee with? Who can I go have a, have a, a juice with? Who can I go, you know, walk around the park with and just get my mind into the right frame? That will start the process of getting you out of that rut. That's, that's awesome. So now, now I got to ask you because your energy is just, just infectious. How much coffee? Like what's, like, what's your, what's your energy routine? I mean, you certainly sound like you're getting enough sleep. You certainly sound like you're getting, like, uh, what's yeah. your routine? So, uh, so there's a great book, uh, by Todd Herman called the alter ego effect. And it talks a lot about how, you know, people go around in life thinking that they have to be one way all the time. But in reality, we can create these alter egos for ourselves very much like Superman has Clark Kent. Clark Kent is actually the alter ego. Superman is who he really is, but he puts on the glasses and the suit and the tie and the awkwardness. And now he's Clark Kent. Well, I, I have an alter ego when there's a microphone in front of me and I can just, I can just flip the switch and all of a sudden I could be Greg, the entertainer, Greg, the, uh, the spokesperson, Greg, the salesman, you know, whatever that it is. And so a really great book for those of you who, you know, maybe you have some of those, uh, introverted tendencies or things that, you know, you might seem shy, but you can create these different personas and create these alter egos. I have uh, an alter ego for Greg when I'm performing, you know, on a mic or in front of a video camera. I have an alter ego when I'm coaching, right? Who is, who do I want to be when I'm Greg the coach with my kids at Little League? And so that's one way that I'm able to get my energy up. Uh, and, you know, tactically, it's a bulletproof coffee in the morning. Uh, and then I, I have a, I, I love this brand called Koyos. I'm not paid by them, but I should be because I tell people to go get it all the time. Uh, Koyos, and they have this nootropic drink uh, that is so good. And it just gets my brain like in this perfect zone. Um, and then I just drink a ton of water. But that's a that's and then usually a cold brew on the way home in the afternoon, which I know is probably frowned upon in some caffeine circles. But, you know, with the, I want to be I want to be my best self when I walk in the door for the kids. Totally. I got to ask, how do you spell Koyos? Because I'm a terrible speller. And now I got to look this up. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. K O I O S. Um, right. and, and just for you guys Plus who are Prios people, thank you. Yeah, and if you're nerding out right now and you like this kind of stuff, so they have a nootropic drink. So obviously, there's lots of nootropics on the market and different pills and stuff you can take. But I love the drink form. Um, very healthy. And then they also have for those of you who have a little bit of a sweet tooth, they have something called Fit Soda. And it's uh, it's healthy bubbles. It's like you know healthy soda, if you will. And they have a, a vanilla cream root beer that is perfect with coconut milk ice cream to make essentially like a paleo root beer float. And it will change your life if you have a sweet tooth. So there's a little little sweet tooth hack for the day. Hey, there you go. We digress into the perfect dessert for you out there. <laughs> exactly. Right? You, had, you had no idea what you were getting into when you signed on to listen to this episode. Hey, we're going to break this up into all kinds of tidbits, okay? We're just offering help wherever we possibly can. So speaking of that, talk to me a little bit about Dad Chat and what your goals are, kind of the inspiration and motivation for getting it started and what you've learned and what the goals are for for the chat that keeps continuing. Yeah, man. Uh, so I appreciate that. So Dad Chat is a podcast that I host with a, a good friend of mine, Matt Goldfarb. And what I love about our dynamic is that I married my high school sweetheart. So met her at her sweet 16. Uh, and we have three beautiful boys together, Colton, Ryder and Ashton. And from the outside looking in, like we have that Hollywood-esque life, right? Like married your high school sweetheart. We have the nice house with the picket fence and the night, you know, like the, the typical kind of American dream family, if you will. Now, of course, we have our problems and issues like everybody else. But again, from the outside looking in, that's like the, you know, you're supposed to grow up, you're supposed to get married, start the business, have the kids. And then Matt, uh, you know, he is a single dad, has, uh, he is divorced. He has uh, one son who's the same age as my oldest. And so the dynamic of what he's going through and re-entering into the dating field and introducing his son to, you know, these women in his life and navigating that is, you know, the two of us combined, it's been really cool. The mission behind it is very similar to what I talked about right at the beginning when we talked about ambition is what we want to do is we want to inspire dads to still get what they want from life, but do it in a way that allows them to get home in time for dinner. In my my day job, running my agency and my production company and, and the things we do here, I've been fortunate to be around some of the, the greatest minds in personal development. Guys like Brian Tracy, who have you know been in the game forever, Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup for the Soul, um, just incredible mentors of mine who are now in the later stages of their life, in their 70s, uh, upper 70s into their 80s. And the biggest regret that almost all of them have is that they built their business, their career, their platform neglecting their family. A lot of them are divorced. A lot of them have estranged uh, relationships with their children. Some of their children hate them and resent, resent them, don't talk to them. And, you know, when I started seeing that, I was like, man, I don't want that for my life. Like, I don't want to have built the 20, 50, $100 million business, the big exit, the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine, the whatever, whatever the egotistical goals are and not be there for my family. But as I started seeking out, I started finding mentors and people who were building really, really cool businesses, not lifestyle businesses where they, you know, barely make enough money to get by, but they, you know, they work three hours a day, four hour work week type stuff, you know, but real legit businesses that were impacting and, and, and helping people all over the world. But they were doing it in a way that they were able to get home in time for dinner, that they were there every single night, that they knew that nothing at the office was more important than leaving at five o'clock, getting home at 515, being there for dinner. And so we started this podcast and what we're building now on the back of it between uh, the Facebook groups and the courses and the books and the things that we are in, in production with now to help that dad to, to be productive 
to build his business, to, you know, still care about himself from a fitness and health perspective and a wellness perspective and, you know, have big dreams, goals, and ambitions for themselves, but do it in such a productive and streamlined and and, and systems driven way that they can get home in time for dinner, that they can be there for breakfast, that they can go coach little league if that's, you know, what they need or go to the dance recital or, you know, go on that vacation. So it's about building whatever we want to build from our life without sacrificing the family side, which so many people do, you know, to build their business, they think that they have to sacrifice family. And I don't believe that to be true. Now, I, I could not agree with you more. And I think it's, it's such valuable information and insight, especially what you touched on and the, the differentiation between kind of the, maybe the lifestyle or almost social media type pseudo businesses that are there versus you said building and scaling uh, actual businesses and companies to a- achieve a different level of success. You know, not all of us are going to be able to quit our job or go, you know, live on the beach or do everything. We ta- we we've talked about this, and not and at the same extreme, not all of us want to die at our desks either. You know, and spend all every waking minute at our office. We we touched on that when when I did Dad Chat the other day. Um, so I think that differentiation point is is really huge and who you're getting your information from, you know, who is relatable, who is authentic, who is accountable. I mean, you guys are in the trenches and you guys are doing it. Um, and I think guys need to hear it from, from other guys that are out there living it, breathing it and doing it as well. And the podcast format lends itself really nicely to that because we're not great at standing up in front of a whole group of people and admitting that we don't have our shit together. You know, we don't have it all, all figured out. <laughs> but let me, let me ask you, you this question. Um, as it pertains, you know, to, to balance and being home at five and all this, you know, a lot of that stuff sounds good. I want your perspective and your take on balance kind of from an overview standpoint. You know, there's a difference between daily balance and kind of overall balance. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, so balance is hard, especially in the world that we live in today, because you got that thing attached to your hand 24-7 that can ding and buzz and interrupt and and do all these things. Plus, like I actually enjoy and love what I do. I really like my clients. I like the people that I interact with. And and we live in a 24-7 world. So knowing that, what so I learned this from a, a mentor of mine. His name is Craig Ballantyne from Early to Rise. He has an incredible book that I recommend to everyone on the planet, and it's called The Perfect Day Formula. And in it, he has one chapter specifically that, that, that I'll focus on for you guys here today. And it was about setting rules for your life. So this seems counterintuitive because when most people started their business, they went out on their own, you know, they're a sales professional, whatever it is, they did that because they didn't want rules, right? Like, no, I don't, I don't need rules. I'm an entrepreneur. I do what I want. And so we think that rules restrict us, but in reality, rules free us to do the things that we really want to do in our lives. So what I mean, so I have a rule that every single day that I am in town, I leave the office at five o'clock on the dot right? That is a rule that I have for my life. It is black and white. It's not gray. It's not, ah, it's Wednesday. So I can go till five Oh five. It's no every day. It's a rule at five o'clock and I don't check my phone from five o'clock to eight o'clock. That is a rule. So the phone goes into airplane mode, five o'clock to eight o'clock. Again, it's black and white. So when a client says, Hey, can we book a call at five 30? Guess what the answer is? 
No. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, hey, we can talk at 430 and I have a hard stop at five or we can set something later tonight and we could do this at eight o'clock or we could schedule something tomorrow. And so I've trained my clients. I've trained my staff. I've, you know, set up emails and different things. And I use my media platforms and I talk about and like even on a podcast like this, I'm telling you guys my rule. So anybody that tries to reach me between five o'clock and eight o'clock Eastern, you're not going to get through. Right. And so I've set these rules that have allowed me to do two things. One is now between nine and five, right? Which for most entrepreneurs are like, you only work eight hours a day. How do you do it? Like, because during nine to five, I'm a hundred percent focused in the zone, you know, trying to generate that flow state and crush as much as I possibly can. I condense the window so that I only focus on the things that actually move the needle. And then at five o'clock, I'm able to shut off knowing that I gave it everything that I have. And now I get to be, I get to switch my alter ego and I get to be dad from five o'clock to eight o'clock during that three hour window. My kids are still young, so they go to sleep at eight. So yours might go to sleep later. So, you know, your timing might be different, but the, the concept there is that now when I'm home, I can be hundred percent, the best dad in the entire world and not be distracted. Now, like with all rules, rules are meant to be broken. Of course, there are, you know, instances and situations, but I try to make it as black and white as possible. And that gives me balance. So the other rules could be, you know, I go to the gym three days a week. It is a rule. It is black and white. So sorry, babe, you know, like it's on the calendar. It is a rule I go. And and my wife understands that there might be rules for what you eat. There might be rules for the time that you go to sleep. There might be, and it allows you to have the freedom and the discipline to know that, all right, I go to sleep at nine o'clock because I wake up at five o'clock and I need eight hours of sleep. So now that's a rule. So you don't start a show at 855 knowing you got to go to sleep at nine. So these rules that I've established give me, it's not balance, right? Balance is not the right answer. And it's not really even what I'm looking for, but it allows me to compress time at work so that I get, I get more done in eight hours than most people would do in 12, right? You're like, Oh, I need to keep hustling and keep grinding, which is stupid. You shouldn't do that right now. There are periods like in a launch period, something like that. But during those eight hours, I get done more than most people because I'm compressing time. It's like, if you were going to go on vacation and you weren't going to be in the office all next week, you're going to get a ton done this week, knowing that you have to, you know, be gone next week. I just do that every day. Right. So I take that mentality into my daily schedule. So hopefully I don't know if that answered the question specifically, but that's that's how I I think about not necessarily balance, but rules so that I can give everybody their fair share of my time. No, it's actually a, it's a perfect answer. And ironically, as you're talking this through and you're talking about Craig Ballantyne and the perfect day formula, I glance over my, my left shoulder onto my bookshelf and there is a box from Craig that he had sent me of the perfect day formula when I had reached out Love to it. him a, wh- a while back. Now, here's what I want to talk about. I have never opened that fucking box. And in complete honesty... Mm-hmm. I've never opened the box. Fascinated by Craig, follow him, uh, have listened to him. He was kind enough to send me this box. Okay. It's on my bookshelf next to a bunch of other mm-hmm, self-help tools and guides and everything else else out there. And I've yet to open it. Mm-hmm. What are your tips or what do you say to guys that, hey, look, we know we may need some help, want some help, even take the first step to go get it overall, but then we don't do anything with it, which happens to a lot of us, which happens to a lot of us, or we have so much fucking self-help being thrown at us and so many things thrown at us that you don't know where to start or what to do. And you end up in that paralysis by analysis situation. I have six of these books or boxes. Which one do I pick up and who do I listen to? 
man, and and it's only getting worse, right? And so I live in kind of the marketing, info marketing world. And you're right. There's another course that launches. There's another podcast. There's another YouTube channel to watch. And all of a sudden, you know, like I'm, we were joking in, in the office yesterday, me and my, one of my business partners that, you know, I have probably 20 biohacking books that I bought in like the last 12 months. And like, they all say the exact same thing, right? And I'm not doing half of what, you know, they, they tell me to do. And so what I, so the answer to that question, and this is a hundred percent easier said than done is one, you need to go on a cleanse. Um, so I'm going to take this, tackle this from the marketing perspective. So I have a client, um, a client of mine who every other day he would call me or text me or email me and say, Hey Greg, I just bought this guy's course. And I just bought this guy's course and he'll implement it for like two days, not see results. And then buy the next guy's thing. And then buy the next guy's thing. We have to allow ourselves enough time for the system, whatever the system is, marketing, health, fitness, personal development, relationship, communication, negotiation, sales. We have to give it enough time to work the system. But the problem is we live in this world where everything we expect instant results because of because of freaking Amazon. It's all Amazon's fault. It's all Bezos's fault because crap shows up at our house like same day now. Like I go to WholeFoods.com and I pick my groceries and before I'm home, they're already delivered to my house. It's all Bezos's fault, right? But life doesn't work that way. You know, if you want the six pack abs, they don't show up after doing, you know, three days worth of P90X. Does P90X work? Yeah, but you got to work it for 90 days and then you got to continue to work it and you got to continue to eat right. So we have to first, I think, go on a cleanse and we have to just pick one system. Here's the deal. Most people's systems actually do work. The problem is the people don't work the system. So, you know, whether you choose Craig or whether you choose something from like a Brendan Burchard or whether you choose something from who, whatever expert guru, Tony, whoever, pick one and see it through and put blinders on unsubscribe to all the email lists, unsubscribe to the podcast, and just go all in on one thing for 30, 60, 90 days. Again, easier said than done, but that's really what you have to do. I think the more important thing to do, even than that, is you have to have skin in the game with accountability, whether that's hiring a coach, whether that's a group of buddies. So I, I have uh, three buddies of mine and we're all on a text chain and we have to report back every single day. We text them like a, a screenshot of, uh, we all use the, the whoop band. So we screenshot our whoop band. Like our goal is to get a, over a 15 strain on our whoop band. If you don't know what that means, it doesn't matter um, as you're listening to this, but like we all have to hold each other accountable to that every single day to make sure that we're you know putting in the work and we hold each other accountable. And at the end of the week, everyone who doesn't do it, we put money into a pot and then we all you know go out to a nice dinner or drinks or like whatever that it is. So there's accountability to actually get it done. What I found is if you're only accountable to yourself, now in theory, this should be enough. You should be accountable to yourself. But as humans, we're not. Like, let's just be real. Like we are not accountable to ourselves. Like if I just tell myself, I'm going to go to the gym a couple days a week, or I'm going to try this marketing system, or I'm going to do whatever this technique is, there's a good chance that I'm going to self-sabotage in some way, shape or form. My, I'm not smart enough to know why that is. I'm smart enough to, to reverse engineer it and say, well, if I can't do it on my own, who do I need to put in place to make sure that I do it? So uh, two years ago, I, I, I did a ton of Spartan races, uh, you know, obstacle course races, things like that. I, was, I went all around the country doing them and I knew that I needed to eat better. I, every day I know that I need to eat better, but left to my own devices, I'm not going to order the salad. I'm going to order the giant freaking burrito and the cheese fries. And so I knew that if I was going to make that change, I had to hire somebody who was going to hold me accountable to make the right decision. So I hired a nutritionist, super freaking expensive. It was like 900 bucks a month. And all she did was she sent me a list every day of here's what you're going to eat today. Here, if, you know, if I was on the road, she'd say, here are the restaurants close to your hotel, go here and order this. And I had to check in every single day. And guess what? 
for those six months that I worked with that nutritionist, I ate good probably 98% of the time because I had someone holding me accountable to the results that I wanted. So long, again, I, I go on these tangents and, and all kinds of things, but I think that two A's, you have to go on an information diet and an information cleanse and get rid of everything that you're subscribed to, that you're listening to and go all in on one person, one thing, one system. And two, find a way to be accountable, whether that's hiring a coach, hiring a nutrition, if it's, if it's nutrition, hiring a one-on-one -on -one personal trainer, so you're accountable to them. And I find that when you put money into it, you're more willing to do it because there's a pain there. Like I'm paying this person nine, like right now, the sleep coach for my kid, we're paying her like 600 bucks for this sleep plan. Guess what? We're following the stupid sleep plan, like to a T because I, I, we have money in the game. We have money on the line. We have skin in this game and therefore we're going to figure it out. So that's a uh, two kind of quick action tips for everybody. Now I think they're, I think they're all great. And I think whatever the financial commitment is that you need to make. It's not so much about how much it is. It's about, again, just making that commitment, getting a little bit of skin in the game and creating that level of accountability for you that maybe gives you, it gives you some, some pause. It gives you maybe a little bit of pain in there, but it does, it takes it to that one extra place that that kind of enables you and maybe even forces you and tweaks you a little bit to be to be more accountable as opposed to just you know counting on yourself or get or getting it for free and therefore there's no incentive you know for you to really follow through you got nothing to lose you know, yeah, and when you're when you're accountable to yourself you can kind of just shrug it off like meh yeah I thought I was going to do it but I didn't but if you're accountable to somebody else you don't want to let them down because if you said that you were going to meet at the park at 6 a.m. and you don't show up like you're an a-hole, right? Like you suck. And so like, you don't want to let the other person down. And, and there's some strong, strong incentives to, to doing that and, and not letting other people down because we let down ourselves all the time. Right. But we don't want to have that feeling of letting other people down. And that's, that's really powerful. Well, there's some ego involved in that. And, yeah. and you've covered some ground on ego too. How do you manage? I mean, how do you manage your ego? How do you deal with ego in the industry that you're in, you know, where everybody's got an opinion also? <laughs> everybody's got an opinion um, is, is, is an understatement uh, today. I mean, just guys like me and you having podcasts, like who gave us the right? to start a podcast and for people to even care about our opinions. Um, you know, the entire media industry, the news industry is all just ego and opinion. I mean, the main news channels, the news networks that we get our news from, they're not news, they're opinion shows today. So um, I, I have this, this thesis that I'm working on now. I just submitted a book proposal on this and it's called The Ego Equation. And I think this is really powerful for anyone who's looking to start anything. And in my context, it's usually, you know, starting a media platform, starting a podcast, starting a video show, starting a YouTube channel, you know, getting, getting hot on Instagram, whatever it is, uh, you know, but this context works in anything. And so the ego equation goes like this, that if your ego is greater than your mission, you will never get started. You will never hit publish. You will never go to the gym. You will never take that first step because you're you're so worried about your ego getting bruised, meaning at the gym, you can't do the exercises or you're the most overweight person there or uh, whatever it is. In the media side, you're scared that someone's going to leave you a comment or that your hair's not perfect or you don't look great on camera or you say, um, too many times. Like if your ego is greater than your mission, you won't ever get started. The second piece of the ego equation is when your ego is equal to your mission. To me, this is almost an even more dangerous place because this is where you're now vanilla. 
Because if your ego is equal to your mission, you'll hit publish, you'll hit send, you'll show up, but you just go through the motions. Meaning that if you're shooting a video, you don't really say anything in it because you're scared to offend people. You go to the gym and you just go on the treadmill and you go at the minimum speed and you just get through the workout. You're not willing to put yourself through the pain of, of doing these things. Where the magic starts to happen is when your mission, your uh, what you stand for, what you want to accomplish, the things that are greater than you is bigger and larger than your ego. That's where the magic happens. That's where you're willing to push yourself because you don't care about any brushback. You don't care about any comments. You don't care about any negativity that comes your way because you're on a mission. You're on a mission to help people, to serve people, to, uh, you know, deliver a good or service to the world. You, uh, you know, on, on a mission to yourself, to take care of yourself, to take care of your family. The mission doesn't have to be external. It could be internal. Like one of my biggest things is like, I don't wake up every day with this mission to help people like shoot videos right? Like that's not my life's mission. My mission is I do that so that I can provide the great, my mission is to get the best life possible to my family and I will do whatever it takes. And my mission is so strong with that, that I'm willing to go on this podcast and be at a, at a 10 plus energy level and go extreme and have some opinions that might be popular, might not be like, I don't care. I don't care if people love me or hate me after this episode, you're getting the best of me because my mission is greater than my ego. So again, if your ego is greater than your mission, you'll never get started. If your ego is equal to your mission, you're never going to cut through. And in a world where there's millions of podcasts and millions of YouTubers and millions of people trying to be influencers on Instagram, you have to get to a place where your mission is greater than your e ego. So you actually say something and do something that cuts through the noise and cuts through the clutter. If not, you're just, you know, another person going through the motions. You're just vanilla, which is where most of the world plays. And that's fine if you want to fit in with, with most of the world. But I don't think you're listening to Greg's podcast because you just want to be average because you just want to fit in. You want to stand out. You want to do something incredible. So you have to put your ego aside and find something that's worth fighting for. It's a really, really great point. Let me ask you about hobbies also. And I was reading this article in Men's Health Magazine the other day about hobbies and having hobbies that can unlock your creativity, that can help you feel inspired, um, that can complement even what your career decisions and choices are. Uh, we're in this kind of society or world right now where there's a lot of, you know, follow your passion, you know, do what makes you happy, quit your job, or if you love what you do, you're never working a day in your life. And this is, again, at all stages. It could be, you know, as you talked about earlier, it could be in your 20s and getting the first job and then you end up in routine and then you realize I'm going to quit my job and start over. Or it could be, you know, in your 40s, you know, 40s or 50s and you're saying, okay, you know, I, I don't want to give up, give up in life, but I got to find some other outlets. What's your take on, on hobbies and people even turning hobbies into businesses or maybe they should or maybe they shouldn't because um, things are a little bit easier to get into these days too. Hard to get out of sometimes, <laughs> but easier, certainly easier to get into. Man, that is a fantastic question that I'll, I'll try and cobble together a little bit of an answer. So I love hobbies and having things to shoot for that not – so 
I, as an entrepreneur, have a tendency to turn every one of my hobbies into a business opportunity, right? Because that's just like, as an entrepreneur, that's how we think. Like, uh, you know, so one of my hobbies, one of my favorite things to do to just get away, turn my mind off is archery. And uh, I'm not necessarily a hunter. I'm not against that. But like, I, I'm, I'm not going on these crazy, you know, elk hunts and things like that. I just love going to an outdoor archery range with an old school recurve bow. And it's just me and that target 20, 30 yards away. And I, all I can do is concentrate on hitting the bullseye because if you don't concentrate on hitting that bullseye, it's going 10 yards up, 10 yards left, 10 yards right. You just, you miss completely. And so it's just, it's just fascinating. But after the second time at the range, I'm like, oh, cool. I can start a clothing line around this or like all these uh, quivers are kind of cheesy. Like I can make something like it immediately turns into a business opportunity. And what we have to understand is that not everything has to be a business opportunity. We need things in our life that are our escapism, our voyeurism, our just just mental outlet to turn off from like as much as again, I love being a dad and everything that comes with it as much as I love my career and everything that comes with it. I need to turn off from that and I need to just have fun, right? Like how, how, like sometimes we forget that sometimes we just need to like have fun. We need to be at peace with ourselves. We need to just enjoy an afternoon that has nothing to do with our kids or our wife or our business and our clients. And so I I've looked for some of these hobbies that have allowed me to just be my best self to just be me. And it doesn't mean that I have to turn it into a financial breadwinner, that it has to be something that I involve my kids in. And, you know, for me, at least I have two of them right now. One is archery and the other is uh, the gym. So I go to a ninja gym. Um, so it's like a obstacle course racing meets ninja warrior meets CrossFit. And it is like the perfect combo of weird shit that I like. Uh, and and those two things, I do them for me. And I think it's it's in in a, in a world where we we have to do things for other people. And I just talked about mission, the mission being greater than you. These things that I do just for myself that I am selfish about and I build time into my schedule to be selfish, allow me to have that quick break that allows me to be a better dad, that allows me to be a better business owner, that allows me to be a better leader and boss and community. Like it's just having, having something that you like the self care, like taking care of yourself is so important. And I think the guys forget that. And in our busy, busy lives where, you know, we have, you know, three different T-ball teams and little leagues and dance recitals and this and that and school thing and drop-offs and clients and travel and conferences, like we still have to make time for ourselves and not all of them have to be, oh, I can only do this if I can monetize it. I think that's, it's, it's hard for me to accept that, but it's the best version of myself is when I just get to be I get to be me. I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever, but like I get to be me and not have to worry about being entrepreneur Greg or dad Greg or husband Greg or all the other labels that get put on me. Yep. It it makes a lot of sense. But at the same, at the same time, because it sounds like we're kind of equally yoked in a lot of, in a lot of these areas too. Um, I wrestle with, you know, there's, there's a fine line between being overcommitted you know, um, and filling, you know, every available window, you know, and minute that I have, um, pursuing hobbies, trying to turn hobbies in, in to business. And then also again, finding some of that time to just chill out. And I've written about this before doing less with more, with more focus as, as well. Where's your, where's your no point? You know, I, you talked a little bit about rules before, but like, when do you get into some things um, and you go, okay, yeah, like I got all into this thing, you know, so, but 
this is too much. I got to get out of this now too. You know, like the pivot moments or your no t- or your no points where you said, okay, I don't need one more hobby, you know, or, Ooh, I did make the same mistake again. You know, I went all in on this whole thing and maybe all of my hobbies shouldn't be business or I don't need to fill every minute of my day. Does that, you know, does that make sense to you also? It, it totally makes sense. And I am not perfect at this because there is a FOMO. There is a opportunity zone, like in the world that I live in and and you live kind of in the same world is like, there's a new opportunity that shows up in my DMS or my email box or my Facebook, like every other day with like, Hey, do you want to come and do this filming thing? Or do you want to come and be interviewed here? Do you want to like do this thing or meet us? Like there's always something. And uh, I joked about it at the beginning of the show. Like I'm Mr. Ambitious. Right. And it's the blessing and the curse. Like I can't, you know, and, and there's some nights where I'm just like, screw this. I really do actually just want to sit on freaking Netflix and do nothing tonight. Cause I need a reset. I do need time to, to recover. And over the last two, three years, I've really put a lot of focus into that recovery time being just as important as the active time. And so that line, that boundary line, I'm always working on it because in, in my world and in, uh, in my day job, like with video production and, and even with you too, it's like finding those like big uh, wrong terminology, like whale clients. You don't know where that's going to come from. And you saying no to going golfing, even though you might not love golfing, but there's a big opportunity to meet a big fish right at this. Go- like there, there's always that side of me. That's just like, if I say no to this, am I saying no to something bigger down the road? And so what the the basis of what I've done is within those rules, right? Within those parameters that I've set earlier, as long as it fits within that, and this might not be the right answer for everybody, is I kind of still say yes to most things. I say yes to every podcast interview ever, whether you have five listeners or 5 million listeners, because of the, like, I treat every single listener as a human being. Like, I, you know, if you had like 10,000 people listening to this episode, that are 10,000 people that I just got to talk to. If you had 10, that's still 10 human beings that wanted to hear what I had to say. Like that is, that is immensely important to me. And so as long as it fits within those parameters of nine to five. So, you know, if I can fit it in for a coffee at two o'clock, I'm going to fit it in. If I can, you know, I'm not going to say yes to a dinner. I'm not going to say yes to, uh, like I get asked a, a lot of like local, uh, like uh, the American marketing association, stuff like that. They do all these happy hour things. I say no to those, um, because it, it doesn't fit within the rules, but as long as it fits within my kind of rules, as long as it's open on the calendar, I, I pretty much say yes to everything. And that comes and it bites me in the ass, right? It does. Like sometimes it does, but there's other instances where I'm like, wow, if I had not said yes to this, I wouldn't have gone down this path or found this opportunity or met this person. Or so I still say yes, probably to too many things, but as long as it fits within the rules, I'm okay with the outcome, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you get a lot of what do you do? Or you do so many things or how do you fit it all in? Or you know, again, the perception can all also be, and maybe I'm just reflecting myself right now on, you know, again, what do you really do? What are you really focused on? Or you, you do so many things. And this frustrates me personally, a lot of ways when I, when I hear it back, I'm like, I do so many things. Maybe you don't do enough things, you know, in, in, in a way, you know, in, in there too. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, you went and did, you went and played golf and that's four hours. Okay. 18 holes, clubhouse, round trip, four plus hours, having drinks with the guys, everything else. Well, in the same four hours, I took a boxing class, went to a recovery class, did two podcasts and wrote my newsletter. Okay. 
this is not to brag or anything else or even to compare and contra- contrast, but you did one thing. Maybe that's the one thing that you like to do. The other things that I did, maybe you don't want to do them. You don't like to do them. It seems like there are four or five different things, but for me, like that's my time. Now, maybe you know about the four or five things that I did because guilty is charged, put them up on Instagram or where or wherever yeah. they go. You didn't post your 18 holes of golf, you know, overall, or you don't do that. But do you have that same kind of kind of situation? It's like I'm not trying to tell anybody to be me, I'm not trying to convince you to do more or less. Simply out there trying to do the best I possibly can, live as authentically as I can, and do the things that charge me up and fill my tank rather than deplete it. But if that makes yeah. me appear distracted, yeah, uh, distracted or lack of focus, or maybe you don't want to work with me because of those things, like, okay, that's cool too. But it, but that's on you. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big believer of you attract what you put out into the universe, and in business and in marketing and in life, you know you attract at the same rate at which you repel. And and we talked about this on, on dad chat when I asked you a little bit about it is like, you do all of these things, the, 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 the boxing class, the recovery, the, this, the, that, the, all these things. And you hope that it attracts those types of people into your life and it repels all the people who are disgusted by those kinds of things, right. Or are turned off by those kinds of things. Cause those aren't the people that you want to be around. And so what, you know, whether you like it or not, right, the game is being played all around you. And you have this incredible opportunity today to say, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. These are my values. These are my beliefs. And I can broadcast them for absolutely zero cost. There is zero cost of distribution. You don't have to go to the radio station and pay them thousands of dollars to put a radio commercial on. You can talk into your phone, hit a button, and it's on iTunes five minutes later. You can hit a button and it's instantly on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. And you can establish the rules for what you want in your life. I am the biggest supporter and believer in using media as a tool for leverage, meaning that this podcast that you and I are doing right now, we're going to record it once and hundreds or thousands or whatever number of people are going to listen to it without me and you having to physically have those hundreds to thousands of conversations. I'm going to take it and I'm going to share it. I'm going to send it out to my email list. And now I'm having conversations like my, I have a, you know, this isn't bragging. Some people think it's a small number. Like I have 20,000 people that I can send an email to, right? That's 20,000 more conversations that I can have. Um, then I might take some of the, the clips from this podcast and we might chop it up and make videos out of them. And like, I am multiplying myself by using the tools that are that I have available and that you have available. I'm not special. Greg's not special. Like we, I, we just leverage the tools that are here and I'm able to do more in that eight hour window because guess what? Now I have over a hundred times I've been interviewed on different podcast shows. That's a hundred different mini me's out into the world talking to audiences that I have no idea who they are. I have thousands of videos that I posted on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram that are working for me at all the time. I have ads that I'm running that drive leads into my business that I don't have to be there to have those conversations. And so I've been able to multiply myself through media to where it feels like I'm doing a thousand things every single day. But in reality, I'm focused on the the core things that I need to do in my business that day. And also the things that I want to do in my life, because I have these systems, these machines, this distribution that's working for me at all times. And to me, that's the ultimate and greatest leverage. If you chose to spend your four hours on the golf course today, that's 
cool, good for you. Like, I'm not here to tell you how to live. And great, I don't think you're here to tell people how to live. If that's what you wanted to do, well, then you're going to attract people that probably want to spend four hours on the golf course, right? And you might attract people that are a little slower moving or, you know, like different hobbies. But like, I want to attract entrepreneurs, business owners, you know, fitness enthusiasts, dads who are like me, you know, they don't have to be identical to me, but like have the same traits and values and beliefs. And I broadcast myself out there so that it attracts back to me. And if you look at my client base, they all have the same values as me. They believe in the same things as me. They, you know, like me as a human being and thus want to do business with me. And media to me is the ultimate multiplier that allows me to be in a hundred, a thousand, 10,000, a million people's homes at the exact same time while I get to, you know, play baseball with the kids. And so that's how I've been able to do multiple things, but also attract what I want into my life. It's it's such a great point. And it really just comes back to surrounding yourself with like-minded people or finding that community where you really fit in and where you can say, hey, I've got this whoop thing on my wrist and I immediately know what you're talking about. Because I'm wearing, you know, I'm wearing one right now versus yeah. somebody else. We'll use the golf reference can say, hey, have you played with the new, I don't even know what you call it, a wedge yeah. or a driver or whatever. And these guys can talk golf clubs, you know, all, all day long. You're, you know, you're either, either you get it or you don't based upon the world that you're, you're living in, whether you're a cyclist, you know, whether you're a fit, general fitness enthusiast, a golfer, whatever you talk about this community and kind of this authenticity that, that is there. How are you with, you mentioned your clients, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go down this, this path a little bit too. Are you able to be friends with your clients? Do you mix your client relationships with your kind of your, your personal, how much business do you mix with personal? Man, that it's a really, really tough question that we've had to answer over the years. We do a lot of, because of the nature of our business. So we haven't talked too much about what I do for a living, but I run a video production company, a media and marketing company. So we do a lot of video shoots and documentaries and TV commercials. And uh, I, I've, I've hosted a TV show that got bought by Amazon Prime. And so we do a lot of these cooler, high profile experiences and events. And at them, we invite our clients and our clients like get to hang out with us and behind the scenes. And they get to be a part of the productions and the shoots and the parties and the dinners and the drinks and we've really commingled that. And I've always liked that approach better than you go to the conference to see the speaker and the speaker's on stage and then he disappears as soon as he gets off stage and he doesn't mingle at all. And you feel like you have no relationship with them. There's pluses and minuses to both of them, but I've always really had this mindset that if I can't have a drink with you. If I can't, you know, spend time with you, have lunch or dinner or, you know, hang out at a, a reception with you and enjoy myself, then I'm in the wrong business. Because life is too short to have shitty clients, to have people that you hate, that you don't want to be around. And so I, again, I think that we've attracted the right people there. Now, there is a line, right? Like there is a line, like for me, like it's usually like a two drink minimum or maximum on my end right? Like I can't get to that place where they see me, you know, throwing up over the rails or something, nor would I really want to do that because then I can't perform the next day. But like, there is that line. There is, I'm usually the first to, to call it in, right? To, to head in for the evening. There is the, you know, I'm still the first guy at the gym in the morning. There's a, like, so there is a line and we're always testing that line and, and pushing that line. Um, but if I can't have a client base that I want to spend time with, that I enjoy talking to, then I'm in the wrong freaking business and I'm attracting the wrong clients. And so 
do I want to be best friends with all of my clients? I don't think so. But I want to be happy and excited and energized by being around them. Because if not, then business is like, I spend a lot of my time in freaking doing business. So I might as well be, be around people that I want to be around. Yeah. Very, very well said. You mentioned kind of getting out also like, Hey, I'm usually the first one to leave. I want to be the first one at, at the gym and, and these things. Has this always been the case for you? Cause for me, complete transformation. I was always the, for a while, I was the last to leave. You know, I was, I was the drunkest guy in the room, you know, for a while. And over the last, call it 10, I guess, 10 years or so, you know, I, I made the move, you know, fortunately, thank goodness, you know, the other way. So now I am either the first to leave or the one to not go, you know, at all. Turned over a lot of clients, turned over lifestyle, um, change, swapped nighttime, you know, for, for daytime yeah. or morning time workouts. Have you, have you always been that way or did you evolve and change and kind of no. reset your boundaries and your rules too? I've definitely evolved and changed. Um, so I remember, uh, uh, my partner and I were over in, uh, London, we were speaking at an event and we were both, uh, I generally, when I'm speaking on stage, I'm one of those guys that pitch something and you run to the back of the room, fill out order forms, right? Like I'm that guy. Um, so, um, but it was one of those events and, uh, I did really well. And my partner did really well too. We both spoke, we both had programs that we were offering and, and we did really well. And we decided that everyone who bought something from us, well, let's go out on the town and we'll buy you drinks. And uh, this, is, this is about 10 years ago. And I remember being at the club with two bottles of Patron, one in each hand. My partner had two bottles of cranberry juice and we were just going to the clients, pouring Patron and pouring cranberry juice into everyone's mouth. Uh, we call it a celebrity sour, uh, part gentleman, part lady of the night. And, uh, and, and, so, and then all I remember was the sun came up. There was like an open roof club that we were at. The sun came up and I had to give another presentation at 8 a.m. that morning. And I will remember that moment for the rest of my life of, I will never be in this position again. Um, you know, I, I was just, you know, had to be, I believe, you know, someone had to stick me in a car or something like, and again, I'm in a foreign country. My credit cards are barely working. You know, I don't know where anything is. And it's just one of those situations where you never want to be there again. And while I'm, uh, you know, I, I, everyone has their own life choices. I'm not here to tell you what, what to do or what not to do. Uh, I've pretty much cut out drinking 95% of the time. I have a social beverage, like the Super Bowl was a couple of weeks ago. I had one beer, you know, for the entire Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm, I'm not a crazy, like you can't have any alcohol for the rest of your life. But I, I've really just toned it down to know, like, you know, I have responsibilities in my life to my family, to my body, to other things that are more important than the party. And it, it was a switch. And, you know, and it's still something that I that I juggle with a lot as an introvert. I used to feel like I had to have drinks in order to be social, in order to be around people and have like, you know, the weird what's the weather like conversations. I thought that I had to be three drinks in to have those conversations. Now I know that I don't. Um, and I can kind of have a placeholder or I can have a water with a lemon in it that looks like a drink and, you know, like still have to fit in socially. But um, it is a learning process and it is still it is difficult sometimes um, when the alcohol's flowing and the party's good and the music's good and the people are fun to be the first person to say, you know what? It's in my best interest to call it at nine o'clock at night when you guys are going to be out till midnight. Just tell me about it tomorrow. Um, it is it is still difficult. Um, and I, I imagine mm -hmm. that it will be difficult for, you know, some period of time. Yep. Ab absolutely. So I tend to jump into 
the who you are, you know, um, which is where, where we just went right into this, who you are, talk about your story, tell everything else. And then just like a second ago, you know, 55 minutes into this thing, you're like, well, we didn't really talk a little bit about what I do. And here's, and here's what I do. My, my feeling is I'm, I'm always really interested in the who somebody is. Let me hear their story. Let me get, you know, do I like them? Am I interested? You know, then I'll look into, okay, what is it that you do? And overall, and, and can I help in any way? Can I connect you with somebody? Can I, can we do anything potentially together? But starting with the, with the who side of things, which has been amazing in, in this conversation. Um, and I like to, you know, there's, we're just a couple of like-minded Greg sitting here on the, uh, you know, with microphones in front (laughs) of us shooting, shooting the shit right now. But I do want to hit us. What is it exactly that Again, that you do, that you want to talk about, that you want to promote, that maybe you want people to find you, because I certainly don't want to, I want to skip over that part because, you know, we've heard the story and I'm into it and I like you and what can we do? (laughs) Man, I, I love that. And that's actually my philosophy on what it is that we do and how we help our clients is I truly believe that in today's world, the only real like USP, right? The uniqueness about you, your business, what it is that you sell or do for a living. The real, the only difference today is you, right? So we joked about it uh, on, on Dad Chat the other day about, you know, being in the insurance world. Well, the reality is almost, almost every insurance agent can kind of have access to very similar products, very similar rates, very similar, you know, uh, what, what you can offer in terms of benefits and coverage. The difference is, do I like Greg better than I like Joe or Susie or Matt or Sally? That's really what it boils down to at the end of the day. So getting people to know who you are, getting people to like you and getting people to trust you before you ever talk to them about product is one of the most important things that we do when we brand people through video is we want to get people to really understand who it is that you are and align with your values and your beliefs. And I've I've kind of dropped hints of this is like, we want people to be attracted to you and we want to repel all the people that you don't want into your life so you can enjoy your clients and conversations. So we do that through video. And we help people build really, really strong and powerful personal brands in commodity-driven industries like insurance, like uh, in the legal field, financial advisors, chiropractors, uh, dentists, real estate agents, people in these you know solo professional, solopreneur fields where what they do is really a commodity. Like if you look at a real estate agent, you think that they're all the same. They all can put a lockbox and a sign outside your house, put you on the MLS, and hopefully they sell my house. So how do we get one real estate agent to stand out from the other? We do that through building a personal brand via video. Uh, and so we do that in a, in a variety of different ways. We have all kinds of different programs, packages, services to come in and let us have film crews follow you to virtual programs and, and, and the like. But at the core of it, it doesn't have to be video. It's about finding what's unique about you and sharing that as often and frequent as possible so that you have all of these mini use out there all the time, having these conversations with strangers, getting people to know you, like you, trust you, and ultimately then leading it into a sales process. So that's what I do at the end of the day is, is we help people to build really strong personal brands using media so that they get a legion of people who want to work with them. I mean, that's, that's weird, right? Insurance agents, like we joked about this the other day, like most people didn't wake up today. Like, I hope eight insurance agents call me today, right? Like that's just not, that's, that's not what people do. But if you could get someone to call you and say, Greg, I've been watching all your videos. I listen to, I've been listening to your podcast. You know, our company's thinking about changing uh, carriers. You know, can you come in and have a conversation with us? How much better is that than you cold calling 86 firms today and getting no and no and no. And we already have a broker. We already have somebody. We already like, 
it's such a different dynamic and different position. And that's what we, we help our clients and, and do for them through, through our services. Fan, fantastic. And also on the podcast side with all the amazing content that you are, you're putting out yourself and certainly delivering on your mission and practicing what you preach, where can we listen? Where can we find that? Yeah, totally. So uh, I do a solo podcast called The Daily Ambition, and it's really a behind the scenes look of what we're doing with our clients to build these personal brands. Um, obviously, we'd love for you to check out Dad Chat with myself and Matt. We just had an uh, episode with this guy, uh, Greg Scheinman. It's kind of cool. Um, so you can go and uh, and listen to that if you're interested in, uh, you know, taking over the world and still getting home for time for dinner to be there with your family. Uh, and, you know, on the business side, we have an amazing tool called the Ambitious Video Planner, which gives you an entire year's worth of video concepts and ideas to get you started doing this on your own, um, along with an outline that we've used uh, for videos of our own that have millions of views and generated millions of dollars in sales. Uh, and you can get one of those. Uh, and that's really the best way to, to get in my world at the Ambitious Planner. Um, so those are those are kind of the best places. And then I'm just at Greg Rollette on on all the socials. This has been awesome. Greg, twice in one week, I am, uh, I'm extremely lucky. I had a great time being on Dad Chat. I've had an amazing time listening to you and learning from you here on the Midlife Mail podcast. Congrats on all your success. Guys, you know where to find them. You have now heard them. Check everything out. This is the Midlife Mail podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us that five-star review, write something nice about us, tell all your friends, your family, everybody else, keep the midlife mail movement growing. Greg Rollette, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, my friend. Go give this guy five stars so he gets even more listeners, man. It was a great time. You've been listening to the Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheinman, presented by Ends Group. Ends Group is ensuring success. For more information, visit endsgroup.net. Hey, I am a big believer that everybody has a story. You just need somebody to help you tell it. You know you have a book in you. You know you have that idea for a book that you have wanted to write. You just don't know how. Mascot Books is going to help you do that. Naren Ariel and his team at Mascot Books and Amplify Publishing are going to help you make your dream of becoming an author a reality. Check them out. Look them up. Go see them. Tell them I sent you and become the author that you've always wanted to be. Mascotbooks.com.